about recovery, this week I will be talking about treatment. I am not a medical professional, and I'm sure each diagnosis requires its own unique team of oncologists and procedures. I will be explaining the treatments that I experienced after a terminal diagnosis of brain cancer as a teenager in 2013, and the various side effects and difficulties I endured at this time. The first treatment I was prescribed almost immediately after the diagnosis of a brain tumor the size of a golf ball in my brainstem was radiation. I was scheduled to get five days of radiation a week for six weeks. It was my first experience into the cancer world. I had to receive radiation at an adult hospital and that was especially scary for me. I remember that I was the only kid there when I came in from my appointment and many of the patients around me were very old and very sick. Because this was still at the start of my cancer battle, I was still pretty alert and healthy and I feared the strain of radiation treatment would severely damage my young body. At first, my appointments were scheduled at 4 p.m. so I could make it downtown after school. I was way too optimistic, thinking that I could maintain a full high school day and cancer treatment. My days became miserable. I would attend school in the daytime and drive to the hospital after school ended. Then, the radiologist would strap me to the table with the scary green mask that was custom molded to my face. The medication I was taking for brain swelling caused me to gain a lot of weight. Eventually, they needed to mold me a second face mask. One of the main side effects of radiation is fatigue, and I'd normally fall asleep on the way home. I'd sleep through the rest of the day, and then I'd wake up around 3 to 4 a.m. to finish my schoolwork and prepare to inch through the next day. The school even gave me a sleep and lunch break where I could go home and take a nap during the day, but silly me... I would just feverishly try to finish my homework during those breaks. Eventually, this system got too tiring and too stressful, and I broke down in school one day. My radiologist told me that all the stress I was putting on my body by trying to maintain a normal school life and by overworking myself was counteracting the treatment. He urged me to stay home and rest and let the treatment do its job. After a few weeks, I stopped going to school, but I never stopped stressing out about my grades and my academic future. Eventually, I received home instruction from my high school. That was a much more manageable way for me to keep up with my studies during treatment. After six weeks of radiation treatment on my head, my hair started to fall out exactly where the treatment entered. I had strange little bald spots all over my scalp like polka dots, but never went completely bald. After radiation, the medication had me gain a bunch of weight and had wildly altered my face facial features. My sister told me that I looked nothing like myself. The radiation itself had me too tired to attend school and too tired to take part in most activities that freshmen enjoy. In the end, it hadn't made me as sick as chemotherapy would. 
The next treatment that my oncologist had scheduled for me was chemotherapy. Because I had a brain tumor, I had to undergo oral chemotherapy with a pill engineered to cross the brain to cross the blood brain barrier. I had to use gloves and a disposable plate to take the pill. I was supposed to throw it into the back of my mouth without letting it touch any of my skin or around my mouth. I always thought it seemed so silly that I was supposed to bypass my skin, the thing meant to protect my organs, and subject my body to that pill's poison. I was scheduled to receive one round of aggressive chemotherapy, a week's worth of pills for 12 months. After a month, the doctors concluded that an aggressive dose was way too much for my little body to handle after I nearly died in the hospital. I received home instruction from my high school after a few weeks. One of my teachers would come over to my house after the school day for about an hour and help me run through all my school material for the day. This worked perfectly for me, and my home instructor was so kind. She was always compassionate about the fatigue or nausea I would be suffering or may be suffering from and was never impatient of my inability to learn for that day. My home teacher, among many others, helped me realize how naturally kind and compassionate many other humans are and how onlookers wanted to help me. Chemo opened the gates for chronic nausea. I threw up nearly every time I ate, even more fatigue. I had to try my hardest to stay awake when my friends came to my house to visit. It attacked my immune system. My mom barely let me leave the house. And not to mention the horrendous pain that I had to experience. I could barely walk five steps without collapsing on the ground. And I could no longer play sports or write with my right hand. I was constantly admitted to the hospital for blood transfusions or when I had an infection or even a simple cold. A good day was when I simply did not throw up from my breakfast in the morning. My doctors had me on a laundry list of medications to prevent as much pain as possible. I also received numerous blood and platelet transfusions because my blood counts were too low. I cannot give enough praise to the people who donated blood and platelets. Each life-saving transfusion gave me boundless strength and energy, and I felt so replenished. I used to joke that I was getting the blood from an Olympian. I had a few weeks of rest between each round of chemotherapy. I had to use that time to prepare for the pain and nausea of the next round of chemo. The tumor followed the path of my grim diagnosis, and it showed steady growth throughout that year and the first half of 2014. An MRI showing a stable tumor was a desirable scan. After round 9, the doctors observed a stable series of MRIs. They decided I was no longer terminal. I was allowed to stop after 11 rounds. Over the next few years, I needed to receive three brain surgeries to finally be rid of the constant threat 
of a growing tumor. The first one was in 2015, when I was a junior in high school. This was an emergency surgery because of a hematoma, or a brain bleed. My neurosurgeon could not take out all of the tumor because there was too much blood. In 2016, I had my second brain surgery as a senior in high school. My neurosurgeon got all much tumor as he could, but he couldn't clear it all out without damaging me. In 2018, I had my final brainstem surgery. I had to leave my dorm after finishing my first semester of freshman year of college. This time, my neurosurgeon understood he could not subject my brain to invasive surgery each year. He got all of the tumor out, but I couldn't rest yet. Now was the time for recovery. Cancer did not fit into my wants, dreams, or goals. I had to drastically realign myself and my life's trajectory. Cancer treatment is something that nobody should have to endure. Beyond all the hardships that treatment and recovery have brought me, I am so thankful to have survived against the odds. I have learned to enjoy every day, look for the beauty around me, and always go forward with confidence. Music